I am life and leadership coach, Tara Keach, and this is the Inspired Leaders Podcast, where you learn how to lead an inspired life so you can inspire those you lead. Today's episode is a part of our super special series where we are highlighting our Inspired Leader Award winners. I am so excited to bring you the real life stories of these real life all-star leaders who are in the world, making it a better place every single day. You're going to hear their stories, gain the advantage of the lessons that they've learned along the way, and listen as they speak directly to you. They are sharing the advice that they want you to know. This is the inspiration and insight that you won't hear anywhere else. I hope you get as much richness and enjoyment from it as I did. Leon Bell, I'm so excited to have you here. You are an inspiring and inspired leader. I can't wait for our audience to get to know you. Would you take a second and introduce yourself to our audience, please? Hello, good day, and thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this opportunity. I'm excited to share with your listeners and those at the summit this in a few weeks. But my name is Leon Bell Jr. I'm the senior pastor at St. Joseph Baptist Church here in Mobile, Alabama. Um, I have the awesome pleasure of pastoring actually where I grew up. So I grew up in this church, been there my whole life. Um, After I got married, my wife and I left for a season for about four and a half years before returning back to to serve there as an associate minister under the pastor who was there at that time. And he passed in 2017 and I became the pastor in 2018. And so I've been serving there, been a great, a great chance for me to, to really grow in a different level of ministry and in leadership. I've been, I'm a recent graduate of the leadership mobile class of 2021, the best class ever, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so recently graduated from that, so excited about that. I currently serve on the board of directors for the Dearborn YMCA, where I'm now I'm in a new role in that uh, on the board as the vice president of the board. So excited about what this will entail in that new role. And just love serving in my community. I'm a servant at my heart, so I've served in many capacities. I've worked with 100 Black men going into the schools uh, Tuesdays and Thursday afternoon for about an hour and a half, mentoring the middle school and high school students at Williamson High School. So I'm just sort of doing that the end of part of last year. So excited about that. And all of my life seems like I've been a part of a youth workshop called Youth on the Winning Side. Oh. I also use a workshop here in the city of Mobile. And I was a participant. The workshop began in 1991 or 92. I get my years mixed up now. But I was a participant up until around 2000. And I became part of the plan, planning team in the planning committee. So I helped plan that workshop. It's a week-long workshop in the city of Mobile that's held for about a year. Um, so that's a little bit about me. I could go on and on and talk some more. But that's those are the, the, the major talking points, I guess. Oh, I, I cannot forget. I'm, I have an adorable wife, uh, Tamika Bell. This should be married for 12 years. Blended family of four amazing sons. Our oldest is 23. He's a truck driver. We have a 20-year-old who's a junior in college. Now I'm a mechanical engineer major. A freshman in college who's a business major. And then a 10-year-old who keeps us young and, <laughs> and on the go. <laughs> what a happy family. Yes. <laughs> there are so many things that jumped out to me as you were talking. Do you mind? I, I would love for you to share with our audience a little bit about what it's like to grow up in a place and then to become a leader in that place. And I'll, t- I'll give you an example that might apply. So some of the clients that I coach, they're younger professionals and they come up through the ranks. And then at some point they look around and they're like, 
these people that I'm managing are my parents' age. <laughs> and it can be a little bit intimidating for them or some of that imposter syndrome can poke its little head up. Can you share with the audience what that's been like for you to lead where you've been brought up? I, I, I definitely, and it's amazing. It's funny you should say that because I actually pastor my parents. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's been a it's been a great journey. It's been a joy, and it comes now. It does not come without a share of growing pains. And what I mean by that is, it's been a joy just to serve and just to lead, and just to as I always say, my life comes full circle. I remember my first uh, month pastoring. I was sitting in my study, looking out the window into our back parking lot, and just thinking, man, I used to wash cars back there when our youth would have right. and wash cars for people in the community. Wow. And then here I am sitting in the pastor steady as the pastor. So it was a real kind of aha, life coming forward circle kind of moment. But then the challenge sometimes with that is because I've been there my whole life and I've served under two amazing pastors. I grew up under Dr. Elijah Carlisle, who served there for 36 years before he retired. And he actually made me a trustee in the church. And then I served under Dr. James Clifton Taylor Jr., who served at St. Joseph, I think about 17 years before he passed. And he, under him is when I began preaching and I served as the youth director for a season as well under him. So because I served under those pastors, I understood the culture of the church and their vision for the church. And I'm a great, as good as a, as a, good as a leader I am, I think the best leaders are even greater followers and servants. So I've served those men and I carried out that vision, executed it to the best of my ability. And then when I became pastor, because I grew up there, a lot of people really kind of, I guess, assumed that his, their vision was my vision. Sure. It, yep. it wasn't necessarily my vision. Not to say their vision was wrong. The direction it was going was wrong. It's just different. Um, I'm 40 years old. So when I became pastor, I was 37. So the visions, the ideas, the excitement, was a lot different. I had a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. So my vision was different. So it's like, like you said, passing people who are my parents' age and actually literally my parents. Um, when you have a 30, late 30s year old pastor who had this, all these great ideas, great momentum, it's like, hold up, well, we haven't been doing it that way or we're doing it differently. It's when I had to really reel back my momentum and begin to really cast vision and yeah. speak the direction I want us to go in. Because I've seen so much growing up in my church, one, one of the pastors who was there for a short period of time, he was there for six months, the pastor that we had between Reverend Carlisle and Dr. Taylor, mm -hmm. was a young pastor, young vibrant pastor, but he was there for a short time. And I took some lessons from his short stay there that I wanted to make sure I was very articulate in casting vision, sharing my vision, um, in an articulate way so that people could see it and actually run with it and support the vision. Um, and then not, not so much that I received so much resistance, but it was just different. Right. Um, it was something new. Yeah. And when you have, when you're pastoring, like you said, parent, people who are my parents' age, you know, we kind of set in our ways and we kind of autopilot right now. So you're trying to turn off the autopilot switch and make us actually drive manually. And we've been in autopilot for a couple of years now. So, you know, it's kind of turning off the autopilot switch and we got to do some things and do some things differently. So it's been a blessing. And like I said, it does not come without its share of growing pains. Yeah. 
what have you had to grow in in order to be able to do that really well? Patience in articulating my vision clearly. Um, prior to becoming pastor, I served in the Mobile County Public School System uh, for about five years and in Birmingham Hoover System for about four years. Mm -hmm. In that time, I worked with students, and I remember saying, after becoming a pastor, I was like, it is so much better to teach <laughs> and give instructions to children than it is to <laughs> <laughs> Because I say, children know they don't know, and they don't mind learning, uh -huh. but adults don't know that they don't know, and they think they know, and it's like pulling tooth and nails. So I had to learn to be articulate and also make sure they understood what I was saying. Um, because like I said, I, I did grow up in St. Joseph, but I left for a season and I went to some other churches, other denominations, where I only joined one church and one denomination, another denomination of church. But I had friends, so I visited other denominations of the churches. And in that time, I got a chance to see a lot. So when I began to cast my vision in the direction I wanted to go in the church, what I had to realize was, they understood what I was saying, but because they had no reference to what it looked like or how it functioned, yeah. they had a hard time executing. Sure. So I had to really, you know, make sure I articulated and then train. I spent, a, I believe in training leaders for what you expect and coming into a position as pastoring and knowing everyone for so, you know, my pretty much my whole life. But at the same time, Having, having, having not trained them to execute the vision I'm casting, I had to be patient to really train them for the direction I'm going, train them in terms of what I expect versus what was done before. Not to say what was done before is bad, not to say we're gonna tear it all down and rebuild, because next month, St. Joseph will be 98 years old. So you can do pretty good without me, you know? <laughs> You've been, you've, been, you, you've been doing pretty good without me. So I want to make sure I'm building on what has already been a solid foundation and to be more relevant to this generation that, I, that I'm called to reach, you know? So it really taught me to be more patient and to be able to share my vision in a way where I can get people to run alongside me because the Bible says, write the vision, make it plain so that they that really can run with it. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it shall live and it shall not die. So it's mm -hmm. able to share it and repeat it over and over again, make sure they're understanding it. Like this, this past year, every January, I do a big leadership training with all of the ministry at the church, every leader. And for the every year they get the same, pretty much one sheet is remaining the same. Our core values, our vision statement, our mission statement, and our motives for why we do what we do. Like that has been concrete since day one. So help them to constantly remind them what our vision is, what our mission is, what our focus is, why are we doing it this way? And, and making it part of our part of their DNA and it ultimately becomes part of the culture in the church. And then the members and those that come to visit begin to take on that St. Joseph is loving, living and leading Christ's way kind of mindset. I love this so much. And some of your exemplary skills as an educator <laughs> have shown through what you just shared. 
right yeah, like, one thing we learned in school when i was uh, in one of my education class courses it says you never give instructions to kids first you always begin by saying when i say go <laughs> what you're going to do. because you begin with instructions they're going to begin moving when you start talking and they're not going to hear anything else you're going to say so it really helps me to really when I, even when talking to adults to not just say where we're going but make sure to understand why we go in that direction and why we gotta do it this way. I hope everyone listening has heard what you've said because you've given a really comprehensive communication plan to manage change and to manage fresh starts. And Leon, this is how you manage relationships too. Yes. Right, like as you, yeah, love it. Um, one of the things I also really admire about you, there's so many things. <laughs> I it was you were such an easy awardee because you also serve where you are so many people in the world often think that when they get somewhere else it'll be better or when they get a different degree or move to a different city or reach a different status that's it mm -hmm. but what i hear in your story and what i hear you sharing is that you serve where you are because why why is that so important to you when I, when I left St. Joseph and I joined another church, it's the, I served there and I served the, the leadership there faithfully. And when I was there, the pastor at that church would all, and it would just be so random. I, I was just sharing with someone the other day. It would be so random. He would say, if you ever get a chance to go back to your old church and serve, you should go. You should go. He said, because they need what's inside of you. Mm. What's inside of you. I said, okay. And then this was happening. We was there for about four and a half years. And for four and a half years, periodically, he would just come to me. We'll be at his house at his, at his dining table. He would just be talking to me about, you know, the Lord sent you back to your church. You want to just go with you want to just serve. Then he was inside of you. A lot of times people look at where they are and they want to leave and go somewhere else because the grass appears to be greener. Exactly. Greater opportunities. It appears that the people somewhere else are more welcoming and inviting to you. And all of that may look that way on the outside. But if what you have is so great and you feel you are the best thing since light bread, why not pour and invest that into the community or the church where you come from, where you can, where you can get the best bang for your buck? The change I'm implementing at St. Joseph, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I think because they, the church is familiar with me, they know me, and more than anything, they know my heart. Mm -hmm. They can see the, the transition in my life from when I was a teenager to a young adult in college, still doing living my, my best life as a college student, <laughs> and now being a mature adult, um, serving the Lord faithfully they can trust me better. I think they have more trust in me as a leader because they can see firsthand of, I, I like this called my Damascus Road experience mm -hmm. of when I really changed and committed my life to Christ. So I serve where I serve, one, because I just know what I have, um, they need. And not that I'm so great, not that I'm, I'm better than anyone else, but I know the gift and the call of my life. I know what God's called me to do. And I think that because the people that trust me and they have seen and witnessed God's hand in my life, 
it's easier to receive change from a familiar voice who you know genuinely loves you and care for you versus someone coming from the outside and just being a taskmaster and forcing change. Change sure. can be replaced. I think that's beautiful. And if you'll allow me to draw a parallel mm-hmm. in the coaching work that I do, the framework I use, it's all about paying attention to our thoughts and our feelings, Leon. So the thoughts and feelings that we have are similar to the circumstances that we have. Like we're presented with them. Like we are where we are mm-hmm. with our feet <laughs> and with our thoughts and with our feelings. And that is where the growth is. Like that's the only place where growth ever is. It's exactly where we are. I think what you're saying is be fully where you are and grow as much as you can. Give your best, do your best in service and building faithfulness. And that's it. That's it. When you can pour your all into where you are and be completely there. You know, yeah. not just not just here until something else better comes, until a bigger door opens up or a greater opportunity comes available, but be completely all in for where you are. Because I remember um, asking the question when I first got married and I, you know, we're a blended family. My, we got married, my wife had two sons and I had one. So we got married and I, and I went from just me and my son to me and three other sons and a wife. And then a year into our marriage, we get pregnant. And I'm just like, well, how do I balance all of this stuff? I'm in ministry. I got a wife. I got children. I'm still working. And, and, I, and I remember the advice I got was like, you know, you just be the, be the man that God has made you. You maximize the moments you're in. And when you get to where you're going, every life lesson you've maximized in those moments when you were in them, will prepare you for where you are. So it's like, you have to maximize every moment that you're in while you're on your way to where you're going. Because if I'm completely focused on where I'm going and my drive is just to get there, I'm gonna bypass little small bumps that are really meant to grow me, grow my character, grow my integrity. Those little, those little small things are meant to grow me in areas that will sustain me later on when I get to my place of destiny, my place of assignment. So even as leaders, yeah, we can be great, amazing leaders, but if we're on a, a rush to get to a place of destiny, a place of purpose, and we bypass those small little things that we maybe see as insignificant. A great example, you know, we, is a, that was a year that passed from the time my pastor passed in 2017 until when I was installed as pastor. And I tell St. Joseph so all the time that in that year, the Lord grew me in ways I needed to be matured before I became a pastor. Mm-hmm. If I had been in a rush when he died in April of 2017, if I had been in a rush to be installed by, by July, it would have been things that I went through in October that I would have missed that would have prepared me for installation in 2018. I love that. I understand, you know, why the process takes so long. And I'm, I'm big on the process. You know, you got to go through the process. The process is what matures you. The process is what grows you up. The process is what, you know, uh, removes the, the, the part of you that needs to die. So in that year time of my pastor passing to me being installed as pastor, there were parts of me that had to mature and parts of me that had to completely die or I would not have been able to sustain myself, my family, or even the church where I'm pastoring at now had I not gone through that process. 
And it's all about your willingness to be 100% in the circumstance and be exactly who you are. Make those choices to show up in service and and as a learner, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, the best leaders are the best students. Was that your quote from the beginning? You dropped so many golden bombs here. Leaders are absolutely amazing followers. Followers, that's it. Oh, Leon. I love talking with you. I love learning from you. What advice would you want to make sure that future leaders hear from you? Advice I would want future leaders to hear from. It's never too late. It's never too late to, to start whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you desire to do. It's never too late to start. Because one year from now, you'll be glad that you did. That's it. That's your process too. Start. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> your process. That's it. <laughs> you can't avoid the process. I think I always talk about the process and I always relate, correlate the process to a woman's pregnancy. Mm-hmm. That's right. Pregnancy process. It's a nine month process. And I don't care how tired that woman is in month number six, her ankles are swollen and clothes don't fit the same. You know, things, her emotions are all over the place. She cannot speed up the process because there are things that are being developed inside of her, inside of that unborn baby that just needs to wait the entire process before she gives birth to it. And I love that. as leaders, we, ha- we have to be willing to stay the course even in uncomfortable pro- in, in uncomfortable part of the process, in a challenging part of the process, because there are things in us that need to be developed before we give compl- before we give birth to what's inside of us. That's right. Before we're ready to give birth, and before the child is ready to be born. Love that. Oh, Leon, what a joy! Thank you so much for being a recipient of the Inspired Leaders Award this year. I can't wait to have you join us on the summit panel. And I look forward to just continuing to learn from you. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. It's been a great pleasure. and such an honor to receive this award. If you enjoyed this episode, you have got to join me in the Leaders Coaching Mentorship, where you get the coaching, mentoring, and skills that you need to live your most inspired life and to love leading others. Join us today at leaderscoachingmentorship.com.